Tonight on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, this is a spoiler episode. So if you have not watched episode three of Succession, this is as far as you go. Back away, and you can listen to tomorrow's episode. But if you've watched episode three of Succession, get ready, stay tuned, because I'm going to reveal. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, episode three of Succession, The series finale is coming up probably in May, but tonight we're going to talk because this is a major, major episode. Stay tuned. Good evening, everyone. It's a pleasure to have you here tonight to honor my dad's life and work. Check it. The issue here, sir, is everyone fucking hates you. I don't want to make my uncle mad, because he could be scary, vindictive, paranoid, Um, and violent. I hate to say this, because I love you, but you're kind of evil. That's the chapel. We're going to be in there tomorrow. Would you think Dad will be able to cross the threshold, or will he spontaneously combust? Who's going to tell us why we are here today? Everything I've done in my life, I've done for my children. They mean everything to me. So, what do we feel about what we just heard here? Oh, I'm still processing. Okay, emotional gunship incoming. Yeah, send out the distress signal. We're under attack. What you kids do not understand. It's all part of the game. And you're so fucking jealous of what you've given your own kids. You can't handle it just said I love you, Dad, like ten times in a row. I think that doubles my lifetime count. Sometimes I think you just need a good old-fashioned dinosaur call. Who's the big T-Rex in your sights? I would never go after my dad. That's a sport others enjoy. Logan Roy School of Journalism. What's next? The Jack the Ripper Women's Health Clinic? On behalf of the Pierce family, the message would be a typically balanced, nuanced, and objective fuck off. Very nuanced. Hey, Logan Roy! I, I love your work. I love all the uh, racism, misogyny. Step on. No, no, it's really Stay. The last piggy to eat a sausage is the mole. Four on the floor. Four on the floor. I got it. Carl stole my sausage. Too effing slow. Eat up, piggies. You're a fucking beast. I'm just a lovely guy. Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight, we honor Logan Roy. Love him or hate him, he was the show. Played brilliantly by Brian Cox. Now, remember what I said earlier, that this is a spoiler episode. So if you you have not watched the episode entitled Connor's Wedding, then please stop listening right now. (sighs) <sighs> what a what an intense episode. And this is only the third episode of the fourth and final season of Succession. And here we go. Connor's Wedding will probably go down, and maybe some of the other episodes as well of this final season, will go down 
some of the most intense television we've ever seen. Cinematic television at its best that only HBO knows how to do. Are we ready? Are we ready? Mm. Now, keep in mind I'm congested. Congested. I haven't been crying. Although, I did grimace. As I watched this episode of Connor's Wedding unfold. Everyone was in place. Everyone was doing their best. And then, like all things... Life itself is changed forever by a phone call. We all thought it was business as usual. Now, let's set this up because the first episode of Succession, the pilot, is uh, Logan Roy. And what happens? It was Celebration. And he has a stroke. And he has just turned 80 years old. Cut to four years later. And at the age of 84, okay, directed by Mark Malloyd, written by Jesse Armstrong, it aired today on Easter, Connor's wedding, Logan Roy has died. So this is the third episode. <coughs> and we have, uh, oh, geez. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven more to go. May 28th will be the final episode of Succession, the series finale. And here we are. We're seven seven episodes away from it. And the central character of the show, the whole premise of the show is who is going to succeed this benevolent, (laughs) and he is, lovable sometimes, um... A shark, a pirate, anything that you could ever want. A Rupert Murdoch of sorts. A very ruthless businessman, a billionaire. He makes Tony Soprano look like, well, a lemming. And Tony Soprano was a pretty tough guy. He was, you know, part of the mob. But he didn't have billion dollars, and probably more, and the power that Logan Roy had. So yes, the king is dead. The king is dead. And the way this episode really hammers it out, and it hammers it out, it's at a wedding. Everyone is dressed nicely. Everyone is in black. Well, only the mostly the three Roy children, Shiv, Kendall, and Roman, are all in black. And they receive a phone call from Tom, En route to Sweden, where they were going to go uh, visit Madison to talk about the deal. Logan collapses. <clears throat> now, mysteriously, Carrie, his confidant and maybe girlfriend, who knows, has a weird grin on her face that Tom notices. And that sets everything up for what else does Carrie know that she's not saying? All right. Very fascinating. Very Shakespearean. Maybe she is the Ophelia or the Desdemona or Lady Macbeth of this situation. Of season three or four, episode three of Succession. 
the end seven oh jeez of uh, the symbolism i just realized seven episodes left seven the divine number of seven the divine comedy this was episode three this was truly uh there were a lot of threes happening for instance the roy children the three main ones coming together and all holding hands in a circle ashes ashes we all fall down and it's the third episode and the uh, representation of the um, Trinity. So there's a lot going on in succession. A lot. A lot of symbolism. A lot of really great acting. A lot of great acting. And uh, we aren't even at Emmys yet, but uh, my friend and I have both predicted. Doesn't matter if we're right, but it is foreseeable that Jeremy Strong will win an Emmy for this brilliant performance, as will Sarah Snook and Kieran Culkin, because of what they do in this episode. This episode is really unpacking a lot of things. There's so much going on, and it and it really it takes you back. It is the sucker punch of all sucker punches. But there is more to come. This is just the tip of the iceberg of succession. This is just the tip of what's going to happen. All this symbolism, all this water. Remember what Kendall said about his father, that he would be broken when he died. And now that the lion himself, the lion in winter, ooh, that's also about succeeding. <coughs> the lion himself is dead. And so we wait for what's going to happen in the coming weeks of succession. And I'm going to play a clip for you. Like I've said, if you are listening and you have not watched the episode, I'm sorry i warned you you know and it's always about warnings okay here we go i feel knocked out i didn't sleep yeah i'm actually i'm fine i just didn't see it coming for some of us it's a sad day but for others it's coronation demolition derby hey guys hi it's great that we can all the family can support each other and stay strong through this yeah thanks greg i'm sad mm. And just thinking about how things will shake down. What are these CEO vibes? The kids are not equipped to take on the role. I'm just going to fire half that room. Would you prefer one of us or one of the old guard? If there's a ring, my hat's in. The negative case would go, you're a clumsy interloper and no one trusts you. The only guy pulling for you is dead. You're just married to the ex-boss's daughter and she doesn't even like you. That's how the naysayers might frame it. Those darn naysayers. Dad's gone. We have to trust each other. And what about me? Go on, lie to me. I got a lot of options. We're not sure about the deal. You don't understand what you're buying. It's a trusted brand. You call it a trusted brand? This is a parts shop. Good parts, bad brand. <laughs> we are days out from Bertie Star Collection. Seen the bowling game? In Alaska, I'm exploding. 
Macon's team. They want to know if you might drop out. Of the election? Why on earth would I want to do that? For the good of the Republic. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Why are we going to cope without the king, right? My sister's fucked up. Tom, I didn't remember on you. I twisted your heart right up. Brother's a mess. You have no idea the things I'm doing. And I'm gone. You are not good at your job. We are over. We have to guide this company. It could feel scary. Is scary. Let the games begin. So that is episode four <clears throat> in the coming weeks of succession and what's going to happen. Here's a taste of the episode from tonight. I don't want to bullshit you, Captain. I think you went. When Jesse told me that that was going to happen, I wasn't terribly surprised. I thought it made sense dramaturgically. And then when I read the script, I found it shocking and emotionally devastating. We didn't really have a death scene for Logan, and that was obviously intentional. We wanted to capture a feeling of death that people experience in the modern era of separation, of communication over phone and email. These things happen in all our lives with our parents or anyone you love, anybody in your life, and something happens and they're just gone. I think it's gonna have an extraordinary impact. We were sort of told ahead of time before we got the script what episode three was gonna be about, but the way that it starts out for Roman with the disappointment that dad's probably actually not gonna go to his son's wedding. Are you gonna make it at all? We've got him some, uh... Combined with having to have that conversation with Jerry, I feel like professionally it's the worst day of his life, and personally it's one of the worst days of his life, too. What's going on, Roman? He has no idea how much worse it's about to get. Your dad is very sick. He's very, very sick. What? Being in that frame of mind for two weeks at a time is not healthy. To some extent, this is just, you know, my job, and I'm trying to keep the emotional stakes up and put the character through that and then go home. But the problem with that is going home. Yeah, that was Roman going through that, but physically I actually had to go through that. So I was sort of, it's this weird disconnect of like feeling physically like I've gone through some sort of emotional trauma, but I haven't. I found it was better for me to pull out of it completely so that it could be fresh still. Cause like for me staying in means that it dulls and it's not good. You are trying to live with and embody the death of a parent. It was hard, you know, one of the things about this show, time and time again, I'll be given something that I think is, this is the limit of what I'm capable of as an actor, here's my wall. And then you have no choice but to go through that. And this episode was one of those. Con, Con, it's serious. I was taught a long time ago that you just have to accept the fact that your performance is going to come from all the other characters around you. If you're just open to what is going on. I think he's dead. And when Sarah came in to tell me, and Sarah was a puddle, you know, that it was just like game over. You don't have to act. Shooting the episode, honestly, it was quite exciting because it felt high risk. It felt like the most exciting episode we'd shot because it moves in real time. From that phone call to the end, things have to become an emergency. In the planning of the shots, it felt to me like the camera had to be almost sadistically voyeuristic. It had to stay really close without kind of taking its eye off them. 
because every time we cut away from the siblings, it seemed to let them off the hook. So we worked on this idea of how could we keep the action as fluid as possible so that, yeah, so it's unflinching. Myla tried to credit me with this, but I think he was trying to be generous. It was his idea. Kieran and I had spoken about, I think actually it might have been Kieran's idea. And we thought, what if we actually ran that whole sequence as one once we've done everything else? And so when we came to the shoot, I asked, are we still doing that? And he went, oh, good idea. Oh, good. To try to make it seem like it was my idea. Very nice guy. But that is what we ended up doing. We shot like five or six days of these sequence bits, and then we ran the whole thing. As it turns out, it's like a 27 minute long scene. It was like a 28 page scene, I think, which is very, very, very long. You know, on a movie, you'll shoot like a two page scene in a day. And we shoot on film, so that meant we can only shoot for 10 minutes, and then the camera needs to be physically reloaded with the new roll of films. And the camera operators worked on this idea of basically hiding rolls of film around the set and hiding a third camera body doing super fast reloads that one camera would always be running so they wouldn't have to reload at the same time. It was us doing like a one-act play on a boat in several rooms with background actors with lighting everywhere with three cameras and it was unlike anything I'd ever done before and it was extremely exciting. We just did the one. And I think a massive percentage of that ended up being in the final cut. I think today's the day. Suddenly episode three he's gone. And when you've removed that one element, you're going, well, where's the conflict? The idea of it not happening at the end of the season, but, but happening in an early or mid-season episode, you take all the, the places you'd expect such a kind of humongous event and play the exact opposite of that. And I thought that was just a brilliant, brilliant idea. There's a couple of I want to pull away. Um, that was the cast and crew talking about this pivotal moment this pivotal episode and it and i thought about this a lot because it reminded me of six feet under which was also on hbo and how <clears throat> if you've never watched six feet under please stop listening um they kill nate fisher played by the brilliant um uh brian krauser in the middle of this of the series toward the end and they've got many episodes left so this is this is kind of similar. It's like, oh shit, you've got seven episodes left. This is the third episode of the final season and you've killed off the main protagonist. You've killed him off. So let's continue listening to because I got some stuff to say about this episode. Play into where Logan's death falls in our narrative trajectory. One is a sort of base one of like, oh, maybe it'll surprise people. Oh, man. You know, I am not immune to such thoughts of wanting to keep the show exciting and fresh. I think much more prominent was the feeling that if we're going to do this, we don't just want to see people crying and then have a funeral and be done with the show. We want to see how a death of someone significant rebounds around a family. The sheer heft of that character in his presence, one can't help but associate that with Brian and his presence on set and as such a huge gravitational force around which our creative work over the past few years has spun. When you're playing a part that is removed in that way, yeah, it has an effect on you. You feel, hang on, this is one of the greatest pieces of work I've ever been involved in, and suddenly it's no more, but it's also, it reflects what our existence is about, because we're here for a time and then we're gone. 
I was very nervous to tell him, you know, because there's lots of anxieties about whether it's the right creative decision, and there's anxieties that someone who I love working with and has been at the center of the show will feel rejected on a human level for not being in it anymore when he's been so central to the whole thing. Here's to us. When you work with the genius of somebody like Jesse, it's always sad. And when you, then that comes to an end, there's no question about it because you've had such great respect. We're out of here. He took it like a total pro and he was professional and decent and kind and enough to make it yeah, a pretty good meeting, but a sad and significant one. It's going to be hard when the public see that he's gone in episode three. I think they're going to, have, I think they're going to find it tough because they've lived with Logan for so long, so they're, they're going to miss him. So for five years, we have lived with this character of Logan Roy. He's known for telling people to fuck off. He's known as a very tough businessman. And... um there is this intensity to succession that really cannot be undone. It is just a wild, wild experience. And the writing of Jesse Armstrong, the direction of Mark, uh, Mar my Lord, my Lloyd, um, is just, uh, It's madness. It's truly madness. And this really is the lion in winter. Because now, really, who is going to take the keys that Cherry Jones said so brilliantly in season two? You know, the kids were starting their own company. There was this reveal. <coughs> and um, now Tom wants uh, Greg to clean house. <coughs> In the, in the name of files. But that shit's not going to fly. Then at the same time, it was Roman's job to fire Jerry. <laughs> but if you watch the series, we all know that Jerry is not going quietly. So, what's going to happen? Well, there's a lot that could, ha could happen. Um... What's going to happen? Well, I mean, once it was revealed and once we all watched the episode of uh, the lion himself dying, I mean, the, the headlines, how Brian Cox felt about the big episode three twist in succession. Succession's last season is finally getting interesting by taking some risks. Um, Connor's Wedding is an instant classic episode of Succession and TV. That's true. Season 4, Episode 3, uh, Logan Roy, Death Analysis. So, yeah. At the age of 84, Logan Roy is no more. And so now, all we can do is continue to watch. <coughs> and yes, everything is up in the air. Think about it. He had the stroke in the helicopter in 2018. He dies in an airplane on his way to Sweden. There is this mystery of Carrie and her grin. And um, 
the you know the kids are on water. There's a symbolism of water. Logan himself was for, from Scotland, so he had to cross the ocean to seek his fortune in a new world. So yes, the symbolism of water is very, very apparent. And also watching this episode makes you think of mortality, makes you think of your parents. And so I will read a quote from the show. And here's what is said in the show. What we do today will always be what we did the day our father died. Kendall tells Shiv and Roman. So let's grieve and whatever, but do, but not do anything that restricts our free future freedom of movement. A bit more fucking aggressive indeed, yes. Um, so that's Succession, episode three of season four, the final season. Connor's wedding. Logan Roy is dead. And now the company, the future, is truly up in the air because he died up in the air. So, all the symbolism. Macbeth. King Lear. Hamlet. It's all rolled into one. The Divine Comedy. The Nine Realms. Oh, shit. Yep. So, episode three. We'd put a pin in it. And um, from here on, I'm sure it's going to be some... Very shocking moments, because I, as I said to my friend Candace, big shout out, this is only the tip of the iceberg. The Titanic has started to sink, and at the head of the Titanic is its, you know, the, the captain always goes down with the ship, and Logan is the captain, and he has gone down with the ship. So now, here, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, a show that began five years ago with this podcast began so yes it really is a monumental moment as always unpleasant dreams thank you brian cox for giving us this amazing uh draconian kind of character this benevolent force that is logan roy and uh to everyone good night I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Please remember that whenever I warn you at the beginning of an episode that this is a spoiler episode, that you have been forewarned. Okay? Thank you, and good night.